0: And laugh.
2: Oh, he no, he's <laughs> Mark Gunnels at the house on oh, it. Yeah. Chiefs coast to coast. That's like your superstition. I mean,
1: I've done it for both the playoff games, and they won. So I'll feel crazy if I don't do it now.
2: The superstitions have been going kind of crazy. Did you see the fan? The fan yeah. that had turned on the fan right before. Yeah. yeah. That is. I know somebody else, like, during, like, that comeback year, they started holding, like, a fork in the air during, like, the game. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, bro. <laughs> like, it must be that time of the year now where the superstition's going crazy.
1: It is. What are you drinking, man?
2: It's a little juice box. Oh, okay. Get my get my uh, pregame, pre-game uh, sip in.
1: Can you tell um, our listeners who don't have – not watching what kind of juice box that is
2: it's a little apple juice you know get a little uh need a little boost here we were just talking with serta before uh we went live that everybody's everybody's feeling a little tired but this is this is the home stretch mark gunnels can't be tired now man it's only two more games left in the nfl a year well three if you count the nfc championship but it's only it's only two more games left for, for the chiefs potentially yeah i mean it's kind of
1: crazy that we got to this point so far like the season just flew by man like it's kind of like a bittersweet feeling knowing there's only three more NFL games left and there's going to be the offseason we're going to be talking about the draft and free agency and stuff like that but hey I'm happy to be here for another week another Chiefs preview that Chiefs survived another week man you didn't think they'll be here you doubted them man
2: it was Chris Jones talking about me post game when talking about the doubters
1: yep you were in that for sure Speaking of Chris Jones, random uh fun fact, he just followed me on Twitter this week. Oh Lord, that's not like a good thing. Two days ago. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool.
2: I noticed today that Woj blocked me on, on, on X. <laughs> what did you say to Woj? I don't know. I don't know what I could have possibly said to Woj.
1: <laughs> you reacted to some Atlanta Hawks news? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Uh, this is a different story for a different day, but I was trading some like spicy DMs back and forth with Jeff Passan once. And I wonder if that got back to, I wonder if that got wow. back to. Wow. The <laughs> woes block is nasty. <laughs> Cause the Bucks news came down today and everybody was talking yeah. about it. And I was like, wait a, wait a minute.
1: Why can't I see this? <laughs> well, now you got to rely on Shams <laughs> for your NBA news.
2: Uh Speaking of basketball. I just posted a a picture on X. You were in town here in Kansas City. So naturally, you know, you've you joined in our oh Tuesday God. little basketball. <laughs> this dude I tried nice to get dude, started girl. to throw it up on the board, but we've got for our audio only as so a please, our audio audience, please go follow us on X. Uh, Mark. Mark needed a T-shirt, and I'm like, bro, I got I got just a thing for you, man. Oh, my gosh, bro. You're a disgusting,
1: dude. This is just going to ruin our friendship. It's so crazy <laughs> that you value social media <laughs> views over a friendship. There
2: it is. Thank wow. you, sir. There we go.
1: You value social media clicks
2: over friendship, man. That's cold, cold world, man. This is our podcast, Mark. Content never sleeps, man. We got to get the people informed. <sighs> anyway, how about how about them Chiefs, man? You can take this down, Serta. You can take it down. Oh, Chiefs you. Coast to Coast Zero Head Prime Podcast Network episode 74. Mark Gunnels is out in LA. Steven Sir's back behind the board. Did an excellent job getting that picture of Mark Gunnels in the zoo shirt up in our intro here? Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City as the Chiefs advance to the AFC Championship game for a sixth. Consecutive year, we'll break down the win in Buffalo. What went right? What went wrong? At an explosive day for Kansas City's offense um, and some players that stepped up in a big way as Kansas City now advances to play Baltimore in the next round. Mark Gunnels has been red hot in Vegas. He's like Marquez Valdez Scantling, folks. Like you know, he may not be there when you need him. (laughs) He may not be there when you need him. But he'll be there right on time. Mark Gunnel's has been red hot in Vegas. We'll go back down and get his AFC championship plays at the back half of the show. And, then of course, we'll hear from you, the audience, the listeners. We got a follow-up call from one of our uh, listeners who just wants to rub it in the the face of the Buffalo fans right now. Uh, We'll we'll get some voicemails. 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. For those of you listening who want to make your voice heard, you can also chime in in the chat. Hashtag C2C. Let's Think Through Tactical is already saying let's go. we got some people listening on YouTube, X, wherever you're at. We love making y'all part of the show. We also had a a review. Let me sneak this in really quick before we get to our Chiefs recap. Some of y'all have been chiming in in the, po- the podcast review section, which is somewhere that uh, I don't always check. This had to be pointed out to me at the last minute. Um, But we appreciate the the podcast reviews. Keep those coming. This is from Arrowhead Pride fan in Portland, Brandon. Brandon says, appreciate the whole AP lineup. It's part of my routine at work. He works as a mail carrier. The editor's show is important for perspective. But Mark Gunnels gets me back up after Casey's all-too-often losses this year. You're the pick-me-up for Brandon and and for all the fans that were down this year, Mark, that didn't think Casey was going to make it to this point. It was you every week on this platform telling them be patient relax they'll get they'll flip the switch when it matters the most and uh, your your prediction came true.
1: I mean it was pretty simple to me. I mean all the losses they had they were right there. It's not like this team was just getting blown out and ran out the field. You know, it was just a couple of drops here, a penalty there turnovers and that Denver game you had five of them like just a lot of things that I just didn't believe would continue like I just really didn't and when you play in five straight now six straight AFC championship games I do think there we can say now comfortably that you may get a little bored during a regular season and then not only that when you couple that with you, when you play everybody that's their biggest game that's not your biggest game but it's going to be your opponent's biggest game. That's a lot of things to handle. And then you're playing extra games every year, wear and tear on the body. So I, I, I hope this year is a perfect example of you, you just cannot count this team out as long as they have the main core of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Andy Reid.
2: Let's get into our Chiefs recap. <laughs> Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. All right, Chiefs win 27-24, an absolute thriller up in Orchard Park. It was Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game, and he saved one of his best performances, if not one of his best, the best performance of the year uh, for this stage. His best rating of the year, 131.6 in the win, over Buffalo played extremely clean and uh, kept the offense ahead of schedule really uh, outside of the McCole Harbin play, which I'm sure we'll go a little bit deeper into later in the show. I thought this was bar none, the best performance of the year for the offense, Mark, when you consider the stakes, when you consider how efficient they were, when you're talking about uh, a, a situation at the end of the game, where it's go get a first down to end it. And they do exactly that. Um, Mahomes in the offense saved one of their best performances for the year at this moment. It makes me think, Mark, we kind of overhyped that first career road playoff game narrative. I mean, that was something that we talked about on this platform was something we talked about on KSHB 41 all week on our road to Vegas specials. I saw you tweeting up or posting on X's storm about it and, and are going to prove the doubters wrong. I mean, he's 38 and 11 on the road in his career and looked very comfortable through all the snowballs and, and everything going on in the divisional round.
1: Yeah. And I, I think this actually was a the best thing to happen for them. Not just Mahomes, but just the team in general. Uh, we've seen plenty of times when they're at Arrowhead, you, you kind of assume that, you know, things are just going to work in your favor. You got the Sea of Red, you know, just the loudest stadium in the league. So I do think there is something too going on the road where it's you against everybody, and you can legitimately feel that way, not just you know have some fake bulletin board material. So I, I think that really brought these guys together, and I think it it brings a level of focus right when you're on the road as well because you can't hear everything you can't hear the signals you got to go to some silent count and different hand signals and things like that so it just sharpens everything especially from an offensive perspective so i i, I think that was a good weight to get off their shoulders you know you don't got to have to hear about this can the chiefs win on the road in the playoffs well now they're one know in the mahomes era on the road in the playoffs and you got a big one this week
2: Kingdom Queens chiming in says, Great team win. Think through tactical on YouTube says, Playoff Patrick is just different. Something that was missing for this offense in the regular season, Mark, was the explosive plays, plays of 20 or more yards for this offense. And it showed up in a way that we hadn't seen in a very long time in this game against Buffalo. Eight plays of 20 or more yards for this offense against Buffalo. When you talk about Marquez Valdez-Scantling and what he was able to offer in his two big catches, one of them to start off that key drive coming out of halftime to open the third quarter, Kansas City has been missing this portion of their offense since Tyreek Hill left and in one of the biggest stages and an opportunity where we were doubting them and we were wondering if they were going to be able to pull it off. They kind of flipped the switch specifically to this portion of their offense in a way that we haven't seen before this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I do think it was kind of a continuation of what we saw the previous two games where the starters played. Going back to that Cincinnati game, you know, they are moving the ball really well. Obviously, still has some red zone issues, but you can tell that they started condensing their rotation, really focusing on their main three guys, talking about, obviously, Rasheed Rice, Pacheco, and Kelsey. You know, not this merry-go-round of receivers, you know, trying to get everybody to feel good and things of that nature. You know, you saw it against Miami as well. Where she Rice had over 100 yards receiving. Pacheco was a monster, obviously. And then this was the Kelsey game. It mixed in with Pacheco. Kelsey got two touchdowns. You know, the first time he reached the end zone in nearly what, two months. It's
2: crazy. It like seven weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah it's, been,
1: it's been a while. So he got two of them this past Sunday. He looked pretty spry as well, just not talking about the touchdown catches. So that was a good welcome sign. And I also think, you know, we have to go back and look at week 18. I think being able to rest your guys in that game against the Chargers really was a nice reset for, especially a guy like Kelsey. Like we we know he's been clearly banged up throughout the year. He's thirty four years old, a lot of wear and tear on his body. He talked about how he had all the different procedures and surgeries and things like that. So I truly think that week eighteen rest period was just a good overall reset for this team in general, not just from a physical standpoint, but mentally as well. Because like I alluded to earlier, you know, you're know, playing all these games. Like, You're not just playing a normal 17-game schedule if you're the Chiefs for the last five years. You're playing 18, 19, maybe 20 games. So I, I do think that is a factor. So it was really nice that they were able to kind of submit their place, you know, as a three seed, they couldn't go up, they couldn't go down. So it was like, why not just rest week 18? And I think you're starting to see, see that pay off now.
2: Yeah, I was wrong about that. Uh, I'll take my humble pie on that. I think I came on this platform and said the offense has stunk all year. I don't understand why you give them two weeks off when they really need to flip the switch at this time, but give credit to Andy Reed, give credit to Travis Kelsey for himself going to Andy Reed and saying, Hey, it doesn't feel right. My body doesn't feel right. Let me just take this time to sit on my ass and and rest and get ready for this crucial turn that we're about to make. It's been impressive, and the the eight plays over twenty yard stat mark. We can't just throw that out like it's normal. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Like, yeah, that's crazy.
2: <laughs> the ability to do that outside of a Rasheed Rice, outside of an Isaiah Pacheco, outside of a Travis Kelsey. The other guys, the MVS, the Justin Watson, Noah Gray had some big time plays and big time catches in this game. We've been begging for the other guys to show up for for Mahomes' offense this year, and we can turn to the defensive side after this. But if they can take that into Baltimore into a game where you know possessions are going to be at a premium, that is the part of the offense where if if Casey can keep that rolling down these back this this last stretch of the games, um. It it it's something that could help earn them another Lombardi Trophy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned NVS. You know, he's been the much the most maligned player on this roster probably throughout this season for uh, obvious reasons. So it was nice to see yeah. him make a couple of big catches down the field, especially that one to start the second half. That was a great throw, too, by the way, oh, right over the defender's shoulder.
2: Perfect I want to stick with MBS real quickly. You yeah. said, and, and like we have faith in him; it's renewed. Does that give you faith that either a Kadarius Tony or a Sky Moore could come back in the fold these last two games and potentially give you something? Not not your game planning for them, but I mean, give you something after not seeing them for for a long time. Right, was that a serious question, or are you trying to be funny? No, I'm 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 being dead serious because there's a couple guys like that, We're right? They're not, not, not gonna play. You it's know, it's not that. just Sky and Tony, but like now I put McCole Hardman kind of back in that same mix where it's like we don't depend on you for much, but in the times that we do come to you, you got to make your play. And Andy Reid has been a second chance coach throughout his entire career. I wonder if because MVS cashed in on his second chance that now opens the door for some of those other guys to get it? Just a, just a question. I, I don't see. Well, first of all, let me rule out.
1: Sky Moore is not going to play. I, I can say that with full confidence. Kadarius Tony has been practicing the last couple of weeks. Maybe McCall Hartman opened the door potentially for a couple of KT snaps, but I think it would only be in some gadgety type stuff. Like, Instead of McCall Harmon getting the jet sweep, it would be Kadarius Toney because I don't think Kadarius Toney is going to fumble. I'm worried about him actually just catching a ball. So, like, handing him the ball off or something like that, sure, I, I could I could be okay with that. But to me, though, that, that situation was more on Andy Reid because, I mean, obviously you got to hold him to the ball. I get that. That's common sense. But why are you even calling that play right there? You're at the two-yard line. I know Pacheco just uh, checked out because he had that big run, but Ch just ran the ball pretty good. I mean, I know he, he had two carries, but for 31 yards, like you're talking touchdowns. about McCole
2: here. You're talking about McColl here.
1: No, I'm talking about why we even run that play. Yeah, okay. I'm saying like I don't even like that play call. So I blame more of Andy Reid in that situation because you, you're once again you're getting cute on a short yardage situation you're at the goal line. Just punch it in. Or just keep it in Mahomes' hands, do a rollout, something like that. I didn't like that play call at all. Like, And this is not just because he fumbled. I literally was saying it throughout seeing the play develop. Like, why? Why are you getting cute again right here at the goal line? Like, you had a chance to essentially end that game. Because if you score a touchdown right there, you go up 10 points. I don't think Buffalo recovers from that.
2: Yeah. That was one of our notes on our show sheet here. Uh, I had a fan write in to 41 right after the game that the rule for the Chiefs inside the 10 yard line should only be 10 touches the ball, 10 inside the 10 yard line. Obviously I think it's a little tongue in cheek. You want 15 touches the ball. You want 87 touches the ball. Uh, Rasheed Rice has obviously been very good in that money area as well, but if your plan is to run the ball for Kansas City inside the 10-yard line, I don't understand why you would give it to anyone outside of Isaiah Pacheco. Do you do you abide by the only 10 inside the 10-yard line rule? Because it seems like Kansas City has kind of engraved this creativity into like their DNA, and they're kind of always going to do something funky inside there, whether it's underhand, whether it's Ferrari package, whether it's Snow Globe, whatever. Like It, it just seems like... Unless Pacheco gets the ball, people are pissed.
1: But here's the thing. McColl already fumbled in this game before that.
2: It was recovered. It was, it yeah, was recovered.
1: Who, who cares? It's, I mean, it was recovered. It's not like he's the one that recovered it. So, And for me, if you're a fringe guy like that and you already fumble in a playoff game, you're kind of put on ice for me. Like if Pacheco fumbles, then yeah, sure, I'll go back to you because we have to. If Kelsey fumbles, then we just got to live or die with you because you're Travis Kelsey.
2: Same with Rasheed, Rasheed Rice. It Rasheed Rasheed Rice. happened earlier yeah. this year, yeah.
1: Yeah, but McCall Hartman doesn't get that benefit of the doubt for me. So that is what really bothered me, the fact that it was him. Why not Rasheed Rice in that position? We go run that play. And I think Rasheed Rice has more pop right now. McCall doesn't seem to be as quick as he used to be. I don't know if I'm one that's seeing that. It seems like he just doesn't have the burst like the previous McCall Hartman when he was with the Chiefs.
2: DMAC chiming in on YouTube says he's fine with the play call. Actually, the type of motion they should have run instead of the first McColl touch that took way too long to develop, but he has to have better awareness. Nick Jacobs, my my coworker at 41, does a lot of great film work and looks at a lot of this stuff uh, from the coach's tape right after the game. He mentioned how much they enjoy or how, how creative they are with McColl out there because he is truly their only deep, deep speed threat. At this point in time, like, yeah, MVS can be a deep threat, but he's not a speedster type. And just a lot of the decoy stuff and the actions and eye games and eye candy, they can play with moving McColl around and behind the line of scrimmage. I just think there's always going to be a role for him in the office. I don't think that they're going to go away from him just because he fumbled. Like it's, they spent, they spent capital trying to reacquire him. So it seems like they, uh, they're invested in using him in the offense, Mark.
1: So, do you think he's still going to be a big part? Well, not not big part, but do you think he'll be he'll get some touches this Sunday?
2: Sure, why not? KC is seven on seven and two on the road this year, uh, and also ten and zero when scoring more than twenty one points. As we recap their win over the Buffalo Bills in the divisional round, I want to give some flowers to Matt Nagy. I don't think this is something that we've said this year. Is, is it okay to give? Flowers to Matt Nagy on this on this uh, on this platform, Mark. For for what? <laughs> for what? He's the team's offensive coordinator, Mark. What you mean for what? Is he calling the plays? I thought Andy Reid said something very interesting post game. I don't know <laughs> if we have the sound, but I'll, I'll talk about it, it, kind of what he said. Um, Andy said that the plan, or you know how the, the the offensive coaches they all meet, all the coaches meet ahead of games, but the plan specifically going into Buffalo was quote to empty the chart. Oh, sir, just got the sound. Let's toss to it. Nagy's game plan. Like I said, was so deep um, on the offensive side. And there was plenty of stuff even left over. And we said we were going to empty the the chart uh, today and run everything. We didn't run out of anything. So um, it it was a great job by him. And that's a concept. I don't think we've talked about on this platform before, Mark, the chiefs saving plays, the chiefs not having revealed all of their bag of tricks, them having some formations, them having some play calls, them having some, like, sets, oh, specifically designed. It. You talked about it? I talked about it, yeah, plenty uh, of times. I, I just, I guess I just don't listen to you on this platform.
1: Yeah, clearly you don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> there there's multiple games throughout the year where we were talking about the offense and stuff like that and should we be concerned long-term. And I said, dude, Andy Reid plays around in the regular season. He tries to see what he can get away with. He's not going to show his best hand. It's just something that he's just not going to do because he knows the big picture. He knows that we're going to do just enough to get by through the regular season, go win the division, get in the playoffs. And then it's a good chance you're going to play these teams again. Because when you win the division, obviously you play other division winners from the previous year, which you would assume will make the playoffs, you know, like a Buffalo, you know, Cincinnati. Normally they didn't make it because of Joe Burrow got hurt, you know, but typically they'll be in the playoffs as well. So, you know, Jacksonville, they didn't make it. But, you know, you get my point. So so you play a lot of these teams once again, like, you know, Buffalo just now. You played them twice this past season. You're not going to show your hand that much. But like I mentioned earlier, when people play the Chiefs, it's their biggest game of the year in the regular season. So they may empty out their clip in the regular season against the Chiefs just to get that win because they really want a higher seed. I'm not sure the Chiefs really care that much. I think they're just happy to kind of win the division. If they get the one seed, great. But if, I think the ultimate goal is win the division, have at least one home playoff game, and then they're fine with uh, seeing how everything else plays out.
2: I thought it was interesting to hear Andy actually say it, give voice to it, that, hey, their plan going in was we're not leaving. We He said the covers weren't bare after the game. We still got things left in the tank that we can use for the rest of this AFC run. Uh, How about that, Mark? Kudos to you. Instead of giving flowers to Matt Nagy, we'll take those flowers back from him and and, and, and give them to you because you called it on here. We got a few more flowers to give out while we're uh, recapping a Chiefs win over Buffalo. We'll get to your questions a little bit later in the show. Your voicemails, very active chat today as we look ahead to the AFC championship. Thanks for rocking with us here on Chiefs coast to coast episode 74. How about Shamari Connor? Um, the the rookie out of Virginia Tech, who was a special teamer there, called into action very early in this one because of the concussions sustained by Mike Edwards. I believe that was on the first drive. Was that the first drive that, Mar- that was, Mike Edwards got hurt? I can't remember
1: if it was the first, but it was definitely very early in the game. 100%. Yeah.
2: This is a spot that Connor steps up and we talked to him in the locker room uh, leading up to this game. And he's not a guy that talks a lot, but always talks about playing his assignment and playing his role and getting more comfortable in what Steve Spagnuolo asks of him. In this game against Buffalo, he plays 99% of the snaps, forces a fumble, and then gets a career high 10 total tackles in the win over the Bills. I think the big point from this one is just you said beach <laughs> found another, and I hate when you do that, but you're kind of right on this one. <laughs> uh it's uh it's just crazy how their depth is. Not only how young they are, uh, but, but how deep they are, and sort said the second play of the game, Mike Edwards gets hurt. Shamari Connor steps in from then and then kind of locks it down the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, he played 99% of the snaps, forced to fumble, had 10. I times- just
2: read that. I just you know, read that.
1: Oh, I, I don't be. I don't listen to you on the show either. You know, I don't listen to you, man. So I just I just zone out when you talk. It's just a lot of white noise, you know. Right. Feisty
2: Mark today, sheesh. Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, and he should have had that fumble recovery too. He was trying to be a hero and do the scoop and score. That could have potentially sealed the game there. Also, at the with Josh Allen put the ball on the ground. But besides that, I mean, yeah, and this is a guy. You know that people were talking about that could be potentially like a luxurious Sneed replacement, you know. And you know, before the year, it was a, a big talking point, but Sneed has played so good this year to where now I feel like things are kind of switched and people want to keep Sneed, and maybe you're okay with Chris Jones leaving. But uh, I, I mean, this secondary has already been the best in the league, in my opinion, right? You got probably got the best cornerback duo with Trent McDuffie and Lajarius Sneed. You know, you got Mike Edwards in the back end with Justin Reed. You had Brian Cook, who's out for the year, was playing really good up until that point. And now you add in Connor. I mean, talk about the depth there. I mean, the, the Chiefs defense is very blessed to have this many rotational guys on the back end. And then you have a guy like Chris Jones, Charles Amenahu, who George Karloftis on the front line, and Willie Gay and Bolt in the middle. This is why you have the second-best defense in the league. You know, I think Baltimore is number one, but
2: Kansas City is right there. We're finishing up our recap of the Chiefs' win over Buffalo. I have a good stat for you, Mark, and then a bad stat for you, and I'll let you react to both of them. The great stat is the job done by the Chiefs' defense and Steve Spagnuolo and Stephon Diggs, and you called this one, right? Then your Vegas picks, Diggs gets eight targets, only three catches, for 21 yards and everybody in orchard park is talking about the one that looked like it went right through his hands against justin reed who was on the ground that could have been a game-changing play KC does a great job on him not such a great job in containing josh allen and this is something we're going to be talking about in the lead up to this matchup in the afc title game trying to control the legs of lamar jackson allen rushes for 62 yards six yards per carry KC, which was second in the league in sacks smart gunnels uh, they don't get any sacks in the divisional round, and only two hits on Josh Allen. Uh, the good and the bad kind of uh, hung there for Kansas City's defense as they prepare for Baltimore in the next round.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely, especially in the first half, they were getting gashed up the middle. Uh, Cook was was cooking, right <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> but uh, <Really> yeah, <laughs> but you know, once again. You know, Spags makes halftime adjustments. In the second half, Buffalo only scored seven points. And the Chiefs are the best defense in the second half as far as fewest points allowed in the second half all season long. So that's just a testament to how they're able to make adjustments at halftime. But I think in this game, this week, you know, we're about to get into it. You probably want to get out to a little quicker start. Because I think if you get down early to Baltimore, that's not a recipe for success because they can run the ball even better than Buffalo. And Lamar is just a different type of animal when it comes to his dual threat capabilities and his uh, shiftiness.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge...
2: Let's get to our Chiefs preview.
0: Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview.
2: Chiefs preview. It is the Chiefs versus the Ravens in the AFC title game. Chiefs make their sixth straight appearance in the game. First one on the road. It's the first conference title game for Baltimore since 2012. And the first time that they've ever hosted the game. Some cool stats here as we look ahead to Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. Mahomes is 3-1 in his career against... Lamar, but what a red-hot Ravens team that is coming into this game, Mark. Baltimore's won ten of their last eleven that Lamar has started, and they've scored thirty-one points or more in the last seven home games that Lamar has started. Remember, they didn't have anything to play for in Week 18, so that's why the the stats look the way they do there. Nonetheless, this is quite possibly the most well-rounded team remaining in the postseason.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, they got the number one defense, one of the best offenses in the league, and they finally gave Lamar some weapons on the outside. You know, you got Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, still a veteran guy that you got to respect. Isaiah likely a tight end. It looks like Mark Andrews will be back this week as well. He's trending in the right direction. So you have a lot of guys you have to worry about. And then obviously, like I mentioned, Lamar's legs as well. So it's going to take a lot of discipline. But I do like the fact that the chiefs just played josh allen because he's probably the closest thing as far as dual threat and when it comes to lamar jackson now josh Allen's more power than speed when lamar is more speed than power so there's a difference there but still both guys like to do the both we run and pass so i do think that was a good prep you know especially since they didn't do that well that should be a major major emphasis not only because they didn't do that well last week, but now who you're going against this week in Lamar Jackson. So it's going to be a tall task for sure. Baltimore definitely should be favored as they are. They're at home. As you mentioned, it's their first hosted AFC championship game in that building. So it's going to be a very, very rocking atmosphere. Patrick Mahomes already talked about how that was one of the loudest places he ever played at before. So he has great respect for M&T bank stadium for sure. So, It's exciting, though, you know, because we talk about Mahomes playing against Josh Allen and that rivalry, Joe Burrow. we never seen him play against Lamar in the playoffs. And I I think it's only fitting that we're getting this now
2: with the right to Vegas on the line. Uh, James Johnson has tapped in with us on YouTube, says, I feel like this year's Chiefs reminded me of the 2014 San Antonio Spurs. Didn't light anyone up at all, but they showed up in the playoffs and the finals for a comparison There, You mentioned Mark Andrews trying to work his way back. It sounds like he's trending in the right direction to play in this game. We'll monitor the practice reports as they come out on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week. Had a question in the chat about the locker room from today. No media availability on Tuesday, so we'll get our first uh, look, see peek into what's going on from both sides on Wednesday for both the teams. But we do have injury reports and statuses from post-game. As far as the Chiefs are concerned, uh, Mark, Mike Edwards had the concussion and will monitor his availability. Uh, As Serta said, he was injured on the second play of the game. Maybe Shamari Connor gets more play in this one because of that. Willie Gay uh, was kind of a late questionable add to to the injury report for last week in the divisional round with a neck injury. Tried to give it a go. Uh, was pulled from that one a little early, and um he, I think, posted on X that he'll be feeling great on game day. Maybe something to monitor because he's the linebacker that you think of when you're talking about spying a guy, the most athletic guy in there who can kind of track those mobile quarterbacks. Willie Gay is going to be very crucial to this one. And then Joe Tooney. This was something I talked about on 41 right after the game. He's arguably the Chiefs' best offensive lineman, most consistent offensive lineman, the sturdy rock in there that you have depended on ever since that Tampa Super Bowl. I think Ian Rappaport said that it was a pectoral strain on that right pec. That's good news considering what it could have been, but if he's not able to go, it sounds like Nick Allegretti would be next in line. He played three drives in uh, in Buffalo in Tooney's absence. Those three, as well as, of course, Derek Nottie, Wanye Morris, Sky Moore, and Kadarius Toney what we're looking at for the Chiefs perspective as far as the injuries are concerned headed into the championship game
1: yeah I mean for the most part I feel pretty good like you mentioned Willie Gay Jr. did post on X he said I'm gonna be great on game day so I'm gonna take him for his word there I think he will be ready to go and he's gonna be very needed in this game you know you're going against Lamar Jackson he's your most athletic linebacker and not just that he, he's a guy, he's like a, a missile, man. Like he, he's not afraid to go downhill, you know, and, and plug in those running lanes along with him and Nick Bolton. So I think you definitely need him in this matchup. And if Joe Tooney cannot play, it would it would obviously not it would suck. But I do feel comfortable with Nick Allegretti filling in. You know, he did play three drives. He's a guy that's been around for a while in Kansas City, he's been here since 2019. He's had several starts and played a lot throughout his five-year tenure here. So I I do feel comfortable there, and then especially since he's next to, right, Creed Humphrey, and then you got Trey Smith right next on the other side. So if this was like a tackle situation, I would be a little bit more concerned, but there's ways that you can kind of help out there when you got Creed right next to you. So I think he'll be fine, and like I said, he's been part of the system for about five years now. So I think in a one-game spot, he can be good in this matchup. But obviously, if, if Joe can go, then you'll take it. So I, I think for the most part, though, both teams, this is, is going to be the first time in the playoffs for the Chiefs this year that they're going against a, a healthy team. That's that's another thing, right? You know, Miami was having 80-year-old pass rushers play in that game. Come on, and then, then last, then last week, right, we know all the injuries that Buffalo had. So Baltimore doesn't have really any injuries, I don't believe. I know Marlon Humphrey didn't play last week, but I'm pretty sure he's going to give it a go this week. That's the biggest name I could think of for the Baltimore side that didn't play. So for the most part, you're going to see two very healthy teams go at it. So it should be no excuses.
2: Even if Mark Andrews doesn't come back, I would still be worried about Isaiah Likely. I have some Coastal Carolina connections. I used to live in Myrtle Beach, and I covered CCU for a while. He's come on extremely strong. And I thought, just looking back, taking a little bit more of a treetop view of this final four here and the teams that are remaining, like all four teams, Mark, have a pass catching tight end. Like the future is here. Isaiah Likely, Mark Andrews. When you think about Noah Gray and Travis Kelsey and everything they like to do here, Uh, in Kansas City think about a George Kittle and what he did being in that tight end you and then Sam Laporta like a rookie who's come in and completely changed what Detroit likes to do in that tight end situation like the future is here as far as the tight ends are concerned I love when we say Lamar versus Mahomes and how cool that matchup's going to be but when you're lining up these teams on paper I think damn okay quarterback they kind of not not even there but I see they're both extremely talented defenses both extremely talented you talk about the kickers Two of the best kickers, not only in the AFC, but in the NFL completely. The tight end battle, the defenses are pretty even. Like, this is where you go look on paper. Uh, these two teams seem to be extremely evenly matched, Mark Gunnels.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that's where I think coaching is going to come and play a major part in this mm. game.
2: Who's winning the coaching battle?
1: Oh, you got to go at Andy Reid. I mean, he has a great history against a uh, hardball, great record there. And, you know, I, I just think especially i've seen over the years i know this year hasn't really been a thing because the ravens have been blowing everybody out it seems like but i do have some ravens friends and they have in the past have complained about hardball when games get tight he kind of gets a little little nervous and conservative and doesn't uh really take any risk like if it's a fourth and two fourth and three you know you probably should go for it but if I don't get it, I'm giving the ball back to my homes at midfield. So that's the, the things like that, I think, are, are very crucial in these type of games. And that's why I think it's important for the Chiefs to got to an early start in this game. Because the Ravens, I looked at their, their game logs of every game. They've rarely trailed at all. Aaron, like even in their losses, like they would just lose like at the last minute or something. Like, like they've rarely trailed. And if they did, it was like, by three points early in the game. Like, they never trailed by a seven or ten or nothing like that. So that's why I think get out so early, in this game is super crucial because I think there's more pressure on Baltimore. Obviously, Lamar's never been in this game before. Like, we talked about it before. It's their first AFC Championship game in that building. Lamar hasn't won a championship and hasn't been to the Super Bowl before. They've been They've been just fiending for that in Baltimore, right? They want that so bad just to knock off Mahomes, right? So I think if you get out to early 7-0, 10-3, 10-0 type of lead, Palms can start getting a little sweaty, Aaron. And do they go away from their game plan? Because we all know they want to establish the run game. They want to play ball control. They want to keep Mahomes off the field. They want to shorten the game and possessions. But if you get out to early lead, things can get a little wonky there. So I'm really looking forward to see how the Chiefs come
2: out in that first quarter. Chiefs Coast to Coast, Episode 74. We're looking ahead to the AFC title game. Got a couple more numbers on Baltimore for you, Mark. The Ravens have held their last five opponents under 20 total points. This could be another uh, deciding factor here for Baltimore. One of the craziest splits I think I've ever seen in this department. The Ravens are number one in total rushing attempts, but 30th on the year in total passing attempts. I wonder if that's a trend that maybe shines its light in the AFC title game. Houston had a very simple plan in their divisional matchup against Baltimore. They said, Lamar, we're going to blitz the hell out of you. They blitzed him on 75% of his dropbacks, uh, which didn't really seem to work uh, to their effect there but we know spags likes to blitz we know he's an aggressive defensive mind and Serta said to start this one off we always talk in our little group chat about all right what's making the show today Serta said with his chest these are the two best defenses in the sport so maybe it's ever offense can break through the most and have the most success to your credit starting fastest
1: yeah 100 and you know who can force the other team to make mistakes who can capitalize on it there's going to be opportunities from both sides. You know, we saw in the Buffalo game, you had, you forced a fumble, but you didn't recover it. you have to recover that in this game. You had a chance at an interception, McDuffie could have got that one, or if he didn't get it, Snee was right there. Those type of plays like that, I think you're really going to have to capitalize, and obviously you can't have a guy fumbling at the one-yard line <laughs> in this game because I think points are going to be even way more valuable because this is not Buffalo's defense. You know, this is a different level here in Baltimore, so I don't think you're going to be able to move the ball down the field uh, quite as easy in this matchup, to say the least. But that's why I also have confidence, because we've seen Mahomes against number one defenses before. When we go into the game, we're like, man, it's a vaunted Niners defense right there, or the Eagles defense of last year in the Super Bowl. But I think that forces Andy Reid to go – to the deepest part of his bag, you know, like he has a big bag. I know he has that Louis Vuitton bag, you know what I'm saying? It's a big one, but uh, it's a lot of things in there. But you gotta go at the very, very bottom.
2: Andy Reid does not have a Louis Vuitton,
1: he has a Louis Vuitton, man. He's pulling up with the Louis Vuitton, and hey, stop hating, man. Why are you hating on Big Red, man? <laughs> but yeah, there's no that's that's one thing I do like about this game, though. There's no holding back at all in this game. Like, going against – because this is not only the best defense in the league. This Baltimore defense is actually historically good. Like, there's numbers that back them up. Like, they're flirting with the 2,000 Ravens. Like, there's numbers out there that support that. So, this is a really, really good defense. But I think they'll be up for the challenge, man, because Andy Reid, I wouldn't want to trust any any other play caller in this type of game – Than big red. Oh, and to your point, remember you said there are 30th and pass attempts, right? Yeah. I saw this one stat. This blew my mind. Who, if you had to just guess on top of your head, who do you think is the second leader in receptions on Baltimore?
2: Hmm. Well,
1: because number one is say Flowers, obviously he has the
2: most receptions on their team. Say
1: Flowers does. Yes.
2: Uh, let's say a running back, maybe Justice Hill. No,
1: it's still Mark Andrews, and he missed, like, half the season. <laughs> when I saw that, I it blew my mind. I'm like, he missed, like, eight games, and he's still second in receptions on their team with 45.
2: <laughs> to your point there, I, I'm working on this story about all the, the tight ends that are left and that kind of thing. So I'm like, okay, how has KC fared against tight ends this year since you know they're probably arguably going up against an offense that uses them most efficiently? KC allowing an 87.5 rate against tight ends this year. Seventh lowest in the league, which makes me think that kind of similar back to what we were saying about the offense. Maybe Steve Spagnuolo has a couple bags, something in his Louis V bag that he can do to kind of slow down Isaiah Likely or even if uh, Andrews comes back. uh, Maybe the Chiefs, as they've shown us in the regular season, can contain those tight ends let's talk kickers really quick before we go down to Vegas Mark Gunnels because kicking is going to make an impact on this game kicking has made an impact on all of the postseason games this year in the NFL including the kick that went right wide right in Orchard Park on Sunday Justin Tucker who is the AFC's representative uh, for the Pro Bowl this year it's 32 of 37 I think kind of a down year for him Uh, 32 of 37 on the year for 86.5 percent harrison butker 33 of 35 from field goal range and then has yet to miss an extra point look i maybe this is another one that i I should just go ahead and say i was wrong i should just go ahead and bite the bullet on it i wanted casey to be more aggressive on fourth downs but like butker versus uh butker versus tucker like that that's that might be the that's that's the Lamar versus Mahomes of kicking <laughs> essentially it yeah. is it is and I think
1: you gotta go with Bucker right now you know I think obviously mm. it, it, historically it's it's obviously Tucker but if you're talking about just this season you put the numbers out it's pretty cut and dry that is Harrison Bucker let's
2: go to Vegas place your bets Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Alicia Sturridge. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. MVS is in the building. <laughs> the one and only. Mark goes, you're probably looking at your hands right now like, oh, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the last three weeks, Mark Gunnels is six and one little asterisk next to that because you only gave one play for one of those weeks. So a little asterisk next to it, but it's a small one because you've been climbing your way back six and one over the last three weeks for a season total of 24, 30, and one. There's still a path, my friend. There's still a path to uh, five hundred. I didn't think you were going to make it through, but uh, somehow, some way. 500 is on the horizon the picks last week were Mahomes over passing yards at 260 and a half that was the lone miss but mark knew the chiefs was going to were going to win so he took the chiefs money line and then the under on stefan Diggs receiving yards which was at 63 and a half so that's a two and one week 24 30 and one on the year mark donalds is feeling good feeling great he's ready for the afc title game and he has three more plays for us mark take it away
1: yeah, I do, man, and I appreciate all your kind words. But I'm just staying humble, man. I'm taking it one game at a time. Blocking so. out the noise. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I, I'm I'm focused on Baltimore, man. That's all. That's all my focus is at one game at a time. So I got three more plays for you this week. Let me start off with Travis Kelsey himself taking the over on his receptions because he, you know, you know, Aaron, he needs seven to pass Jerry Rice all time for most postseason receptions. And his over-under is at 6, 6.0. So I, I think he gets that 7. He had it uh, a couple weeks ago. I think he's getting to a rhythm right now. He's come off a two-touchdown game. And I think Ravens' defense is so sticky. It's going to be a lot of Mahomes, hey, where's Kelsey at? You know, I, I need an outlet. I need the outlet, whether it's just one or two yards because they can get after the pass uh the, the quarterback as well so I I don't that's why I didn't go with the yards but I like the receptions at six over on that and then my other two plays the over under I'm doing that to get the under here is too high for my liking it's 44 and a half got the two best defenses in the league this feels like a 20 to 17 21 17 type of game which is well under 44-and-a-half, so definitely taking the under there. And then my last play, I'm not going to chicken out. I'm doing it again. Chiefs money line. Forget the spread. Chiefs money line. Forget the three-and-a-half. At this point in the year, man, take the money line. Chiefs go back to the Super Bowl for the second year in a row, for the fourth time in Mahomes' career. Aaron Lads going back to Vegas, baby.
2: Let's go ah uh, i don't hate the plays once again you have a formula now like now you have a formula you're like i know what works i know what this team is i'm not gonna overthink it you were doing the missed extra points before and doing all this crazy no you've got a formula now and you're sticking to it uh mark's got three more plays for us and we'll see if we can get closer to 500 let's check in with you all the audience got a couple questions in the chat but we got one voicemail from this is a follow back call. I think it's a eulogy for the Buffalo Bills, my goodness.
1: This one goes out to the Buffalo Bill fan base. You know, it was a great game. You know, you guys you you guys finally got the chiefs. You finally got the chiefs in the building. You want? You, you did everything you could. You had the you had the running game, you had the
2: running back. You know what I'm saying? You even
1: struggled out the damn stadium and
0: it still wasn't enough.
1: Your own your own coach, your own coach called on fourth down a fake punt who so he trusted DeMar Hamlin. He trusted DeMar Hamlin more than he trusted Josh Allen. And I just wanna
0: say, I, I know that's gotta be really tough. That's gotta to be just really, really, really
2: tough. I just wanna let y'all know there's always next year.
0: There's always next year.
2: Was that recorder music being played in the background?
1: Yeah. yeah. It's not like you was playing some funeral music.
2: <laughs> we didn't talk about the fake punt. I was know. just about to say like, that. I don't I don't think we talked about it. I, I'm not really sure how to talk about it, to be honest with you, because it was one of the most idiotic play calls I think I've ever, I've ever, I've ever, like, I, I couldn't believe
1: it. So I heard that it was actually an automatic check for them because the Chiefs only had 10 players on the field. So I guess that's Buffalo's protocol when they see that you're short. on, on You got 10 guys on the field. We're just going to automatically do that, I guess. That was how that happened. But it felt such like a Disney movie, right? Like DeMar Hamlin, the feel-good story. If he gets that first down and you go on the win, oh, this is going to go on the Buffalo Bills lure forever. He came back. like It just felt so cheesy, though, that it was DeMar Hamlin, is the one that re- re- Got it, it which is crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, special teams matter a lot, and that just seems like kind of a desperate time to put. It. They were only on twenty-five yard line, or the, their thirty-yard line. Like, eh, I didn't didn't really love the play call there. No matter who it was drawn up for, even if you're going to go for it on fourth down, kind of to the caller's point, And please start leaving y'all names when y'all give these calls. But like. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why you take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands at that point in time to do anything else. We're going for it on fourth down. Leave the offense out there.
1: Yeah. So are you going to be in Baltimore?
2: I am. I leave Saturday.
1: Oh, you're making a trip.
2: Uh, I leave Saturday. Yes, I'll be out there. I've already gotten all the questions about if, if Pat Mahomes Sr. and I are planning something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah. how- I'm
2: excited for this one.
1: Have you ever been to that stadium before?
2: No, this will be my first time at at the bank. Uh, I think I've been I've been to Baltimore before, but I was much younger. And uh, this this is strictly a business trip. But uh, yeah, I'll land like uh, Saturday afternoon. And it's another weird part about this is I'm so used to the Chiefs being the late game on Championship Sunday. Like the fact that they're the early they're the early game. This game feels like it should be the. But I think the reason why the lead pick they rotate. yeah. Uh, yeah, they
1: rotate every year because last year the AFC was a late game. It just it's a rotating thing.
2: Because uh, yeah. I, I was gonna say honestly, Detroit—if Detroit were to go to a Super Bowl, like that would be a very like I don't know feel good story to end the year on.
1: Yeah. So I wonder how different that's gonna feel for you when the Chiefs win, and normally you're on the field after the AFC Championship game when it's an Arrowhead. But now it's gonna be on the road. Like it's gonna be a different vibe for sure. I'm sure
2: they would still do. I think they would still do the trophy presentation. Oh yeah, they uh, still
1: do. But you know, all the fans yeah. are gonna be leaving. It's not gonna be. You know.
2: <laughs> it reminds me of when Cincinnati won it in Kansas. Oh yeah, Coast. yeah. yeah. That that was a that was an interesting. Uh, <laughs> it was an interesting night. Yeah. I'm scrolling through the chat now just to see if we got any last-second questions. We'll be back next Tuesday, 5.30, win, lose, or draw. No draw, but win win or loss, uh, dissecting uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and what's next for them. Uh, Sharon wants to know, hasn't Lamar played in a total of two total playoff games and Mahomes has 16 or 17?
1: No, Lamar's played in five now. He's two and three. He's two and three in the playoffs.
2: Uh, Nate wants to know is Rasheed Rice banged up he's not fully healthy I don't know if anybody's fully healthy at this time of the year he's been on the injury report with a foot he's been on the injury report with a hamstring you gotta remember also he's a rookie so he has not played this many games in this short amount of time ever especially yeah. with what the demands are uh, considering he's now their leading <laughs> he's their leading pass catcher like I'm sure they're going to give him a couple vet days and a couple of uh a couple of uh, rest days to get him right for for game time.
1: I got a hot take. I I think it's going to be a special teams play that swings the, the momentum of this game. Richie James has a big return. Not saying for a touchdown, but it's going to be one of those that flips the field and a crucial point in the game, whether it's kick or a punt return.
2: If we're going uh key factors on the way out or X factors on the way out, I'll take Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Played extremely well down the back end. We know Isaiah Pacheco is the workhorse, but they need somebody else who can contribute not only in the run game, but the pass game as well. Every time they've gone to Clyde recently, Mark, he's shown that additional extra effort. He's got a little extra punch. Maybe it's the fact that he's in nursing school now and he just uh, has his future after football figured out. But I'll I'll take CH as my X Factor. Cool. And we got Crispy in the chat said they'll
1: take Noah Gray as their X Factor. So, yeah, man, enjoy Baltimore. Uh, are you going to do anything Saturday night or just prepare for the game?
2: I think I might have a crab cake or two. You know, oh, see the yeah. sights yeah. nice while,
1: yeah. nice while I'm in town. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. you're going to be around a lot of purple.
2: <laughs> That's okay. We'll be ready to rock. It's the early game. It's the AFC title game. This is my third AFC title game that I've covered here in Kansas City. Um, so it's been it's been fun.
1: One last thing, Kingdom Kingdom Queens podcast said most hostile environment: Buffalo, Baltimore, Cincy. It's gonna be tough to match Buffalo, so I would imagine. Obviously, I haven't been; I wasn't there in person, but it seemed like that was a pretty hostile environment. But I'm sure Baltimore is gonna be lit too, though.
2: I think about this being their first AFC title game ever, too. That's goes back to your point about starting fast, try to quiet that crowd, and this team. I mean, you saw the video from Mahomes. We we almost should have queued that one up about. They asked for it. They got what they asked for. I think uh, I think KC relishes the opportunity of going into your house uh, and taking over your trap. Yep. Shout out to the kingdom queens. And somebody just say, you're
1: good luck, man. So we'll leave on that note. Shout <laughs> out to the Well <laughs> We'll <World laughs> good luck or not after this Sunday.
2: From Mark Gunnels out in L.A., Stephen Serta behind the board, Aaron Ladd and KC Coast to Coast boys. We out we we'll Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com subscribe.